Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cheese and pickle. Hello, ahoy, and welcome to Always There, the Howard's Way podcast. I'm Julia Rayside. Thank you for joining me as I navigate through every single episode of the 1980s seafaring soap opera set in the fictional English coastal town of Tarrant. It would be a lonely voyage without you. And only three years later than planned, joining me today to discuss Series 3, Episode 7, is the co-host of the brilliant Still Any Good podcast, it's Chris Webb. Hello. Thank you for having me. Can I apologise for keeping you in the waiting room for the Zoom call for three years? I've been in this departure lounge for three years waiting yeah, to be boarded. I'm sorry. That's a special kind of purgatory, isn't it? <laughs> well, it has been, yes. I mean, seriously, though. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously, some pandemic and stuff happened. You know, we all had to go and do our jobs and earn some money. But sod it. This, this has waited long enough. We need to get back to sea. So let's do that then. It's great. Oh, it's wonderful. I'm so excited. I know. I should explain. Chris is in New Zealand because he's exotic. Yes. He's just finished telling me how he was rescued by helicopter on a simple country walk the other day because you have to do things that way in New Zealand, apparently. Oh, and condolences for the loss of lovely Jacinda Ardern. I know she's not dead, but, you know, we all quite admire her in this country. and It must be very sad that she's going. Yes, I'm quite keen on her as well. So it is, it is a sad departure, yeah. but completely understandable. I liked how honest she was. She's like, I've just, I've got nothing in the tink. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all know how that feels. You know, yeah. women of a certain age, we've got nothing, nothing in the in tank. The tank. No, no, oh, absolutely. Anyway, we digress. So to see. So obviously, if you watch this again recently or your notes from three years ago. <laughs> well, my notes were actually from three years ago. I'm amazed I managed to find them because I had yeah, to do no, so word searches and look in archive folders. But I did manage to find <laughs> the notes and I, I have watched it again since. And um, yeah, it's no, amazing how much it all flooded back to me. It's very much you know like... What, me, same. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much like when I, because I hadn't watched Howard's Way for many years, obviously. And it yeah. was just like it all came flooding back again. It was it was nice. Like the rivers that nearly swept you and your family away on that country walk. You mentioned. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm glad you're all OK. <laughs> Last time I talked to you, I did your podcast and there'd been an earthquake. That's right. Yeah. Um, we haven't had an earthquake do, for do a little ever... while, actually. No, we had a cyclone, which is what caused me to get lost in the forest. But just, no just earthquakes a cyclone for a little while. Time, just a yeah. cyclone, yeah. So, Series 3, Episode 7, but obviously you can just go back and listen to, I think Paul Litchfield did the last episodes, you know, before yes. this um, in whatever it was, 2020. 
So if you're if you're struggling to remember what happened, just go back and listen to that. He's very, very funny. It's worth another listen. But basically, Leo is dating this awful Amanda creature who's posh and entitled and flighty and spoiled. She's crazy. Um, she's totally crazy. Yeah. Well, let's recap as we go along. But that's kind of the main thrust of this episode because something it certainly happens, is. It, anyway. it certainly is the thrust. We'll get there. So we. My God. By the way, I apologise. This episode is quite smutty. Everyone's <laughs> doing it. And I apologise that you had to watch that with your pure eyes. I was um, so anyway. pleased that this one wasn't just business, 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 business. business it was business. just source. It was great. <laughs> just almost to, you know, marine porn, really. <laughs> right. So we open on, actually, almost as if to signal that, we open on the mermaid boatyard. You know when they have the mermaid bust on the top of the mo- boatyard in the do. shot somewhere? Yeah. It's like it's almost like saying, "Look, tits." Yeah, <laughs> and it kind of gets you in the mood for what's going up. Next. I did notice them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all I wrote down here was oboe of intrigue. There was like an, there was an oboe on the soundtrack, which always denotes something. It's quite a prominent yes. instrument. I'm reading too much into it. So something but... ominous is about to happen. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And then, as if by magic, so Jan comes to see Tom in the boatyard. She's got champagne. Yep. So I'd forgotten this. She's clearly invested in the boatyard, but. They haven't told Jack yet. <laughs> I noticed that, by the way. She she waved the champagne and said, oh, to celebrate our new partnership. And Tom kind of went, oh, something I need to tell you. <laughs> he looked a little bit shifty. I mean, obviously, she can't just put some money in. Like, she says she's just going to put the money in and she won't have time to get involved. No. By the end of this episode, she's the full interfering harpy. Oh, oh she's coming up with good. new designs and everything. It's, it's quite phenomenal. <laughs> it's amazing. She's trying to think of boat <laughs> ideas. Like, I've got an idea for a boat. What about one that floats but is medium sized? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you mean so a small clever. boat? <laughs> no, Chris, a medium sized boat. <laughs> it's never been done before. I, yeah, it's, it's genius. <laughs> anyway, then we cut to the Jolly Sailor where Leo and flighty Amanda and Jack are having a drink together because they found the keel. So one of Tom's boats, the Lynette, sunk yes. and killing its occupant who was taking it out for a test sail. And um, that man's wife is suing Tom because she thinks it was a flaw in his oh, design. But of course, okay. the keel is proof that they um, they crashed into an object in the water. Yeah. And that's why the boat sank. Because so I've run in my notes several well. times. They keep going on about the bloody keel. <laughs> and I wasn't sure what. And, and the other thing I've said is, why has nobody said Howard's keel? Howard's keel. Because it's just there. Oh, my there. God. <laughs> Mind-blowing. <laughs> Even I didn't spot that. Oh. Maybe I just, I've looked at this series too long now. But I can't see the jokes anymore. It's, <laughs> just, it's just real life to me, really. <laughs> yeah, because Jack is kind of lording it up. He's saying, oh, Leo's a frogman and or you can sniff it out in soup and all this sort of stuff. Very strange, yeah. One thing I did it's... notice is, of course, they're handing out the drinks and, and Leo has bought Amanda <laughs> like a half of bitter. And yes. she, she, she holds it like she's never drunk a beer in her life. It's like she's holding a cup of soup. As if she'd, as if she'd order that. She'd have like a, it's the 80s, she'd have like a bezique or, um, or, a, or a Malibu and Coke or something. Yeah, yeah. a taboo. Mm. A bezique or a, a taboo. A mirage, absolutely. They're the two things that, or a mirage, thank you, yeah, that ladies would drink in that day and age. And then Jack sort of clearly sees that it's time to leave them to it. And then says to them, you two behave yourselves this afternoon. So like, it's like leaving going, don't have sex. Yes, <laughs> Keep it in your trousers. Um, but obviously before he's allowed to have sex with her, he's got to undergo the trial of spending time with her family who all hate him and think he's sort of like Jippo scum, basically. Yeah. But as he says, <laughs> he, he runs a kind of, yeah. He can't miss a free supper at the yacht club. 
So he's got to basically spend time with her brother, who specifically hates him more than anybody else, presumably because it's a small town. He's already doing it with his sister and he's yeah. jealous of the competition. Yeah. Her brother seems unusually interested in who she's sleeping with. It's a slightly unpleasant. So who's her brother? Is he in this one? <laughs> he's there just in the family scene, I think. I, honestly, oh. I don't even know if they give him a name. No. But he's, uh, he's, he's very unpleasant to Leo, has been previously as okay. well. He's just there to add tension, basically. Right, okay. Sexy tension, sexy <laughs> brother-sister love tension. Um, then, if, we, if we're all done in the Jolly Sailor, finish up, please. Because we go back to the boatyard, the office at the boatyard, and Jan's there, obviously still hanging around. She hasn't left yet. And Jack comes back. They congratulate him on finding the keel. The keel. Even though it wasn't yep. him, it was Leo. The keel, Howard's keel. Howard's keel. Which, as it will now be known. Thank you for that. That's brilliant. <laughs> And then, obviously, Tom sort of has to admit that his ex-wife has put some money into the business. Mm. And Jack is, like, dumbfounded. He doesn't really, he doesn't go off straight away. He's just kind of like, huh? Yeah. And then he asks if Bill knows. That's the other. He's not a partner in the boatyard, but he's, like, the guy that's been there yeah. since the beginning. Yeah, Bill's um, the one who says, Mr. Arrod. Mr. Arrod, isn't he? That's Mr. Arrod. Mr. Arrod. Mr. Mr. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I don't know how you phonetically you spell that, Mr. Arrod. <laughs> a lot of R's. It's like I mustard. Think. Mustard with different vowels. I think it's mustard with different vowels. Yeah, it? it's a bit like sort of Fred Elliott but from the South, isn't it, really? Where, where he would yes. say sort of, you know. He sounds like a lot of people I know on the Isle of Wight. Yeah. Sort of like, um, they, they'd call him a corkhead if he lived there. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, well, well yeah. I, as you know, I used to live in Southampton. and um, so Of there's, course you did. There, there, I did meet a lot of people who, who would say things like chicken dippers and things like that with that very <laughs> Bill <laughs> accent. <laughs> Can we just have that one more time, just, you know, because it sounded funny. Chicken dippers! <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're in the boatyard office. Tom has had to drop the bombshell and Jack just remains quiet. They all toast the room temperature yeah. champagne but, or whatever it is they're yeah. drinking. First, of course, and then Tom <laughs> tragically tries to pop the cork oh. and it, it just falls on the floor and he goes, oh... <laughs> Yes, I know. It's it's a metaphor for well everything. Yeah. Let's face it. Um, in the in this otherwise very sexually charged episode, yeah, it's, yeah, a bit of a, point, yeah, it's a bit yeah. of a damp squib. Flat baby um, sham. Yeah, I don't know because theatrical champagne they can't just keep popping hmm. bottles of real fizz. And back then there were there wasn't prosecco, was there? It was like presumably they had to get. So this is like some cheap prop that just does not have the Absolutely. the required gas. It's very disappointing. Just you know, I'm obsessed with the drinks in Howard's Way anyway. The Absolutely. room temperature martinis at Ken's place. You know that that was particularly good. Good spot. <laughs> and then after a period of quiet reflection and glowering, Jack says, "You don't belong here. Not in my yard." <laughs> but obviously, he does it slightly more, in a slightly butcher way than I. Not in my yard. I don't have the vocal. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Like that. But yes. then Tom um, does, and because I, I know some people do unfairly compare Howard's Way to the Fry and Laurie sketch, and then, <laughs> to, the business to, one. Yeah. with all the damn and, and the, so yeah. Tom doesn't really help that because as soon as Jack storms out, he goes, "Damn him! Damn him! <laughs> damn him!" Like twice. I know. Yeah. Imagine if you saw that in your daily script, you'd just be like. Oh, fuck. <laughs> but somehow he sells it. But it, yeah, it's very hard to separate him and to Hugh Laurie and kind of yeah. like fake sideburns at Absolutely. that point. It's not. Oh, and then just before Tom says that, Jack pointedly upends his cup onto the yep. floor. So he pours the champagne onto the carpet, which is just childish. It is. You know. It is. It, it's, it's like and for a, shit for in a, his nappy, basically. Yeah. Then we go to Fashion HQ. So I really like in this episode where to announce that where we are, you have to go to... Um, Someone sitting at a drawing board. Everyone's designing yes. something at all times. That's how you know they're working. So Anna is Jan's designer and she 
has disobeyed her father, Bert Kwok. Bert Kwok. Okay, sorry, just Amazing. It's Bert Kwok. I know, right? That was nice, right? It's like, oh my God, I forgot it was Bert yeah. Kwok who plays her dad. He doesn't jump out suddenly. He just walks into <laughs> shot, which is, you know, I can't expect him to do that his whole career, but it would have been nice. And he basically shames her for having a job. Yeah, he, um, he does the, which... the traditional in, in showbiz on TV and films, if there's an Asian dad, that they always have to <laughs> yes. tick two boxes. One is, you must marry the man I have chosen for you. Mm-hmm. And the other one is, you have shamed me. And he does both of these in one sentence. It's quite impressive. He does. It's like very economical, the dialogue here. It's just like, shame, arrange marriage, <laughs> <Yes>. exit. <laughs> it's like, that is efficient if you can't say it's not efficient. So they go off to an office to talk, but clearly it's bad. And then we go to Ken's office at Leisure Cruise, which I've missed. I've forgotten how much I love that. Like yes. The red and grey together. Oh, I, 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 need to, I need to say something about Leisure Cruise. I spotted it immediately Please. because, as, as you know, not only did I used to live in Southampton. You used the, to work at Leisure Cruise? No, I, I lived oh. in Bursledon, which is, of oh, course, where yes, Howard's right. so Way is filmed. Yeah, I mean, you really know this area. Mm. Yeah, I, I recognise mm. Leisure Cruise because my local pub directly next door to it. No way. Yeah. So what was that building normally? Was it somebody else's office? No, it, it, it is actually. It sells, it does sell things like boats and motors and things like that. So it is a proper showroom. So the um, location scout yeah. was like, this'll do. <laughs> we never have to buy in props or big yeah. boats or anything. It's fine. But it's right next to Ooh. my local pub, which is called the Spinnaker. So it's very, very nautical no at all times. Way. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. That whole area is just, it's all boat themed. Yes. There's nothing absolutely. about. So I, I did go in a previous podcast when I was down there to the elephant boatyard, which mm-hmm. obviously is the mermaid boatyard. And to be honest, you know, because obviously I guess it's just loads of boats and a couple of sheds, but I couldn't work out like where they filmed anything. I was hopeless. <laughs> it doesn't look like how I imagined it would, but I'm guessing things have probably things moved have around a bit since yeah. then. The water was still in the same place. That was reassuring. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Sarah who you will remember Ken had an affair with, um, mm-hmm. her husband, the powerboat driver, then in front of them drove himself into a boy and blew himself up as a kind of really impotent protester having an affair with someone else. He just in front of them. So she's very angry with herself because, you know, her husband died and she feels bad. Yeah. So, But she kind of puts all of that onto Ken for basically sort of luring her into the sack. Mm. Um, so they're at loggerheads. She's now effectively his sexy enemy. And so she wiggles into shot. She never walks anywhere, Sarah. She wiggles. Um, <laughs> and Ken is like very ostentatiously on the phone to a potential client. Alvarez. Saying, why don't I? Yes. Why don't I fly over to the Algarve and we can discuss it? <laughs> it's like not Portugal. It's like, no, the Algarve. the Algarve. That sounds much posh. Classy. And yeah. Yes. And Alvarez, he's got timeshares. And it was like, why don't you put a speedboat in all of your timeshares? <laughs> It's like, it's really unlikely. That is carnage. But then, um, then Ken says, let us fly you over and we'll put you up in the best hotel. And knowing yes. the geography of the place, that's probably like the Premier Inn in Fairham. It's yeah. the Premier Inn. Not, not the Travelodge, though. The Premier no. Inn, Chris. <laughs> it's Premier. You get that yeah. little purple, the little purple light around your bedhead. That's, that's wow. quite high uh, end. Alvarez yeah. is going to love that. That's going to clinch it for yep. him, I think. That, that and then you go next door to get your breakfast in the local pub. But there's like a spot. You know, the last time I stayed in a Premier Inn, or maybe it was a Travelodge, there was like, um, it was quite dark in the restaurant, which was weirdly in the pub next door and there was a spotlight where they were going to put my plate of breakfast and then sure enough it arrived it looked incredible how exciting there was a spotlight on my bread it was honestly i'll dig out the picture i'll put it on the feed it was absolutely brilliant did it come with how easily impressed i am when they delivered it as well (laughs) yes it did and a drum like a drum like a flare Mm. a drum flare wow that is premium (laughs) but i'm saying this is the kind of thing ken's clients will be expecting so yeah he's going to fly him in and then he hangs up the phone. I think C. Sarah has come in 
and overheard the end of the call and just says, it's what's called butter in your bread. bread. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> don't, I don't Is know it? what he means. <laughs> he also says to her, he reveals his really highly skilled business acumen. He says, high turnover. <laughs> That's the way to do business. What do you mean? <laughs> Sell as many products as you can. I feel like this That's was written incredible. by someone who's never even been in a shop, no. <laughs> been in a business. It was like high turnover. That yeah. sounds right. I, I yeah, <laughs> I, I think even people on The Apprentice know that one. <laughs> and they're so stupid. Yes. Um, then they kind of have a row because Mark, her husband, is dead and they had sex. So it's like they never really sort of say it. They just kind of get furious with each other. They do effectively the equivalent of her like about to slap him and him grabbing her head hand yeah. in midair. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then she's t- she either has done or she's going to sell her shares in Leisure Cruise to his arch enemy, Charles Frere, yeah. who obviously is richer, posher and just has everything he wants. So it's like the one person she shouldn't sell yeah. to. So That's Charles is Relton Marine. Is that right? Is that That's Charles? That's right. He owns okay. Relton Marine. But obviously he just has a French chateau and a mansion and a fuck boat, which we'll go to shortly. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm assuming probably properties in, you know, all the bit. Milton Keynes, um, Chester. <laughs> he's, he's got them all. Ashby de la Zouche everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. He's a multi-millionaire. Yeah. She hasn't sold them to him yet, but she, but that he's very, very interested just to really rub it in Ken's mm. face. Like, Cause she, then she, she challenges Ken because he says, you know, I didn't want this. And she said, but you didn't, Ken. You slept with me instead. And he said, yeah. I seem to remember that was mutual. Again, that is normally how it works. <laughs> I mean, you'd hope so. Otherwise, we're talking about something quite yeah, different. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the way she's now passing all blame on what she did effectively. He's, he's single. She was married to someone. She cheated mm. on her husband. And now it's like, you did this. Like, no, I think it's definitely a we did it this. It was situation. mutual. Yes. I'd, li- I'd like him to say something like, I don't remember you needing much persuading or something like that. That's something you imagine, Ken. He might be keeping that one for like another one of these arguments yeah. later down the line. <laughs> then we go to Charles's fuck boat, which uh, <laughs> on which an unconvincing European man, who I don't think is from anywhere of no. maybe the M25. Yeah, I- I've written um, he's meeting with someone from Alolo who's not Francesca Gonshaw. <laughs> exactly. So it turns out this is this is Werner, right? They keep on talking about Werner. Grunwald. Obviously, you and I... Yeah. You, you and I both thought Herzog. <laughs> yeah. No? <laughs> I was fingers crossed for Herzog and then maybe somebody taking a pot shot at him while he was on the deck of the fuck boat, but it didn't happen. <laughs> well, he's got so, a yes, bad history is... with boats. He tends to sort of trank, just sort of drag them up hills and stuff, doesn't he? Herzog. I mean, I it think never that was, ends was well. that an elephant? Was that a boat? It was yeah, a boat. no. Him and Klaus Kinski, it didn't end well. No, but do you remember, was it he was talking, he was talking to Mark Commode on a rooftop in LA and someone shot him. <laughs> Werner Herzog, he just like like an air gun pellet hit him in the arm or something. He was like, this bullet is insignificant. (laughs) It's like, you've been shot. You've been shot. No, no, it is fine. I I do not care. That's amazing. (laughs) Anyway, so this isn't isn't Herzog. This is Werner Grunwald, Mm. who they've been talking about a lot. Yeah, he doesn't sound like he's from, I mean, he's certainly not from Germany, let's put it that way. And then almost as if to prove that, they're talking about this deal they're doing with him, something to do with that business park that uh, no one cares about. And he said, it is... How do you say it? In the bag. Wonderful. In the bag. <laughs> in the bag. <laughs> I, think, I think he does say in the bag. It's like at least say in the bag yeah. if you don't know. I mean, You've come got to on. Commit. Yeah. Don't know who his dialect coach was. I'm going to put it out there and guess that, that he might not have had one. <laughs> he might just have been told, just sound a bit foreign. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. He does also say something about the Englishman and his club. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so yeah, we get it. You're not from yeah, here. Yeah. You're from the Isle of Wight. Yeah. So, so can you give me a bit of a breakdown about? Because again, I've just written business, business, business. There's something happening. You know, I'm with just gonna. AFCC. You know, I'm just gonna say that back to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they keep on mentioning initials because I think you know it's like Line of Duty. If you say a lot of letters, people go ooh, yeah. and it sounds like you know what you're talking about. Especially if you never explain what those letters mean. So AFTC is possibly moving to Tarrant. Mm. I think that's a business. <laughs> so that's that. Sir Edward has been sticking his oar in. Good, nice. good yep. sort of marine pun. Lovely. And then Charles just says, tell the consortium to keep their nerve. So Sir Edward, obviously, is Charles's father. Mm-hmm. He's constantly trying to cut his son's dick off in business. Just for fun, I think, just because he hate, they hate each other so much that they just are constantly at war for no apparent reason. I think there's a dead mother and some cruelty there, but I'm okay, not really sure. Okay. So... um. One of them says, oh, I'll handle Grunwald. That uh, I think was, so he must have left that by That was then. Charles, yeah. He'll handle That's Grunwald. That's Charles. And, and I think he means in a business way. Yeah. Gerald is flying to Zurich to, he just to tells get him some to names get on a plane to Zurich. something. But obviously this is just setting up the fact that we need Polly, Gerald's completely not sexed in any way wife. <laughs> Jesus <because> Christ. <laughs> he's a gay man. Gerald is flying off to Zurich leaving Polly alone with that guy that she promised to show round Tarrant. I'm saying that in air yes. quotes. So she, yeah, she's got this plan. Well, later, well, I think we meet them later, don't we? We do. But we, we need Polly alone. So we need Gerald in Zurich. So that all the sex can happen. Right. Then we're by the water. That's sometimes in Tarrant. I'm never quite sure where they are. I just know there's water. There's an extra on a jet ski, but it's going really slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably because it's like, don't use too much fuel, yeah. don't use too much fuel. It's we like they're kicking it. it in with their legs, aren't they? They're paddling it in like a hobby horse. <laughs> or like a Flintstones car. It's like, just make it look like you've just slowed down. Yeah. D- don't start the engine, we can't afford it. D- can't don't afford make it. the brum brum noises, we can dub that in later, that's okay. <laughs> Superb. And obviously Anna, who's just had the very traumatic conversation with her cruel Asian father, yes. has come to see Leo at his... I want to say, is it jet skis or is it just like surfboard hire business? I think because he, he does have a sign behind him that yes. I think it says surfboards five pounds per hour. That's it. So, the one that Ken so later windy. says, that's a very professional yeah. sign, Leo. <laughs> He's done it with letterhead. <laughs> it's shit. It um, anyway, and Anna says again, always for economy. Anna tells Leo, I've got to marry this man or never see my family again. Like that's very much the Downton Abbey school of let's just say exactly yep. what there's no subtext here. Subtext is one, two time consuming and two for cowards, as Garth Marenghi once said, which I really enjoyed. I know people who use subtext. <laughs> They're, all cowards. Cowards. Yep. <laughs> They're all cowards. Yeah. They're all cowards. I'm sure he would love this show. Yes. And then she gives Leo a letter to give to his mother because she's going to have to, quotes, go away go for away. a while. Yes. So she's running away. Mm. They do that a lot <clears throat> when they were around Leo, don't they? Because Abby did yeah. the same. That's right. And obviously Leo loves a sort of a, a damsel in distress. Yeah. He loves a woman who... Uh, well, I mean, you can just see the whole Abby thing repeating all over again. He likes to rescue a sparrow women. with a broken wing. That's the one. Mm. So that sets that up as potentially something that he might come back to later. It's kind of like the revolver in Act One. Yeah. Like sometime in this episode, we're going to see Anna. She's going to come back. Not in quite the way we because think. she's she's very economic with her farewell as well. There's there's no time for reaction. Yeah. She basically just says, "I have to get away. I have to go. Goodbye," and she's gone. Yes. It's like, if you've ever written anything, uh, you, you always have this conversation. Writers always say to each other, oh, do you have real trouble getting someone out of a room? Sometimes yeah. it's like, how do I get this person to leave the room? No such problem in Howard's way. They just say goodbye, goodbye. and leave. And it's very, very, sometimes it's quite funny. Um, <clears throat> then we go back to the yard office where Jack is still sulking. 
Tom goes in to see him. They're both furious. I didn't put the end of this scene. Do you remember what happened? Well, what happens is that they argue about the keel again and, and about Jan's involvement. And there's a lot of, you had no bloody right. You had no right. Um, <laughs> damn. Damn you. To which Tom says, I don't owe you anything. Not even an explanation. And then Tom Ooh. goes to his desk, sort of shuffles some papers like a newsreader. And behind him. Yes, that's right. Behind him, Jack storms out. It's, it's not real. It's just there to fill time, I think. Then we cut to one of the work sheds in the yard, boatyard exterior slash interior, and Jan walks in to ask Bill to give her the tour. Like she doesn't know that boatyard because it's like where her husband and now her ex-husband has worked since their marriage kind of went wrong. And there's hardly any boatyard to see anyway. It's just loads of wood and boats everywhere. And she's like, Bill, I, can you show me around now? And then one of the boys working on the, whatever boat they're working on gives her a wolf whistle yeah and it's like oh here we go here we go oh no yep. she won't like Bit that of <laughs> but you're right she's been with boats like all her life because obviously tom's been into it and tom has been racing but when bill shows her around it is basically well this is what it's, we call a boat, boat. <laughs> <laughs> i know they had to basically set up the tension with her and that and i get it but like, yeah, she's definitely had a look round. She's seen a few holes in her time. She certainly um, has. And, and then obviously one of the workers kind of goes, wee, wee, I bet you do, or something like that. And so she, she goes out <laughs> There's lots of good barrels. 80s. Yeah, it's yeah, like a Robin Lots of 80s thing. innuendo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely awful. But good for firing her up. She kind of tears a few strips off them verbally. And then Jack says, I thought you had some sewing to do. <laughs> Uh, which is the ultimate smackdown. So but Jan goes nuclear and I cheered. Yeah, it she's was She's very good. good at just like unleashing hell. She, she basically says, men. if you act like pricks, you're out, is, is effectively exactly. what she says. It's good. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I am the captain now. Mm. Ah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> then we go to the bank where Gerald is being handed a huge wad of cash, yeah. which he puts in a suitcase. It's like, whoa, That's this a is lot of what's cash. going on Yeah, here? I don't know what's going on here, do you? Well, I do, but um, oh, let's maybe, get yeah. there when we get yeah. there. Okay. It's very, it's a very kind of 80s and quite a bold plot line for a kind of, you know, oh. Sunday tea time soap opera. Mm, that's all I'm saying. Right. Okay, then we go back to Fashion HQ and Leo brings his mum the letter from Anna. And obviously she reads it and gets really upset. And obviously she's already had a rough time with the stupid men at the yard. So she's not having a great day. And now she's like, I've just lost my designer. Sort of like, where did I put her? I know she was here somewhere. Well, she is clumsy. Um, Didn't the last one get squashed by a speedboat? Yes, exactly. Claude. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. Claude, Claude. Yeah. Beautiful Claude. He was too Aww. beautiful for this world. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, she's really upset because, you know, her whole business is kind of on the shoulders of whoever is designing her collection, mm. which I believe is the, the name for some clothes altogether <laughs> in one place. Um, <laughs> I she, watched uh, Project Runway. You're absolutely right. Ah, you see, you're a fashion expert yeah. too. And I used to watch the clothes show with Jeff Banks and Karen Franklin, so I know what I'm talking about. Um, just lots of big shoulder pads and kind of directional <laughs> hair. So he sulks off because, you know, obviously he's just trying to help, but she kind of throws all of her anger at him. Poor Leo, he's basically a punching bag with a face. Uh, who likes to save sparrows, as we were. Yes. This is a quite complex visual imagery, but stay with me. Then we go to the Urquhart's, where they're sort of miserably preparing for this dinner with the couple that I mentioned earlier. The Silverstones, that's right. And they're a couple of, you know, successful business married couple people who are, I think they're moving to Tarrant. They're thinking about it. So obviously, is it Jeff? Jeff. To look round. We'll get to that in a minute mm. anyway. Before they meet, Polly and Gerald are kind of getting ready for this dinner and Polly's like, I really can't. She's so bored now. There's a danger she might just die. Like, 
I've never seen someone more bored. Like her whole <laughs> life is just, I've been to the boutique and bought another six large billowy dresses, but I just, you know, I don't know what to do. I'm so bored. And then he talks about, oh, well, if you don't like it, you know, we can always, you know, downsize to a, a smaller house. And she says, don't threaten oh, me, Gerald. brilliant. <laughs> don't threaten me with a <laughs> smaller house. threaten me with a house. nice house. <laughs> I love her, though. I do love her. I love them all. So he kind of just basically persuades her she needs to get her ass in gear yeah. and come and sit at a dinner table, listlessly prodding at a lobster <laughs> because it's her job. <laughs> God damn it. Then we cut to the yacht club. Where Amanda and her awful family are gathered round a very, like the world's smallest table. <laughs> I know that it's just like the drinks bit of the yacht club before you go to the restaurant bit of the yacht club to have your dinner. But it's so comical how they've crammed so many of them round this very tiny table. And Leo uh, moves his crash helmet out of the way because her brother pointedly kicks it as he comes in. Oh, is that her brother? Say, I thought that was the waiter. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, okay. That was the brother. That's how he makes his point. He kicks a crash helmet. And that's right. And then um, Amanda's mum. They're asking him about his business, which obviously is just that flappy sign by the key yeah. and some bits of wood that he hires out to gullible punters. And she says, um, tell me about your windsurfboarding business. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I have never heard it called that before. Like, never in my long life have I heard it called that. Did you notice um, she's called Dorothy Parker? <clears throat> oh, my God. And, and he's Alan Parker. The irony. <laughs> They're just having they're having fun now. They are, yeah, it's they're great. Really, really enjoying themselves. Yeah. Cool. And, and oh, hang on, she's called Dorothy Parker, and she's been sat around a very small round table. <laughs> I love it. It's oh, I love it. So, <laughs> so she's asking him about windsurfboarding and whether it's popular in summer, but perhaps slightly less popular in winter, yeah. as if to say, so you don't earn money in the winter then. And you know, he has to kind of admit that no. Not many Not people want popular. to buy his, no. his planks of wood in the winter. And then obviously the women go off to, I don't know, powder their noses. And her dad warns Leo off and says to him, men like you come and go, as far as his daughter's concerned. Basically saying, my daughter is quite the slag. She's a slag, yeah. <laughs> She's he... always got one of your kind on the go. <laughs> but then he says, you'll become just another victim of a rapid turnover. And I Ooh, thought, that's again, awful. Double down. She's a double slag. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, there's a revolving door in her flat. She never stops. She is. Like, no way to talk about your daughter. She is such a slapper, we can compare her to a business term. <laughs> and then he says, obviously very nobly, because he's lovely, he says, I love your daughter, which I is a bit of a stretch. I'm sure, like, you know, in this episode, he goes from saying, I love you to probably let's not split up, I don't believe a word you say, to, well, the ultimate thing at the end of the episode. Yeah. He doesn't seem to quite know how to feel about her, but just sort of makes big declarations in, you know, I I think his emotional journey is quite hard for an actor to portray in this one episode. It's quite a lot. It does look like <laughs> some sure of the scenes are out of order. Off. Because, yeah, as, bit, as you yeah. said, a little bit later on, he just gets shirty with her for no reason I can really work out, and he's calling her a liar and a fake. But then, Yeah, and he's honest, on the point of yeah. basically saying, off your trot. Yeah, I don't actually like you, go sense. away, yeah. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And then obviously um, Amanda and Leo storm off because... She's like, I want to go. I don't want to stay anymore. <laughs> and so she gets, obviously Amanda always gets what she wants. So he takes her off. Then her mum says, I think he's rather sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Even though she clearly, I mean, there's just, I think she's drunk already or she's probably had some, you know, some neat gin at the bar or something because she doesn't seem that invested either way. No. <laughs> it's like she's like, she's hands off the wheel. Amanda will do what she wants to do. <laughs> Fair enough. And then we cut to the Jolly Sailor where Jack is at the bar getting absolutely tanked. So I really like how it was set up in series one that, you know, he has a terrible problem with alcohol, but now it's just no one mentions no, it anymore. He just gets drunk now, and that's it. He gets drunk now. And in fact, sometimes he'll actually sit with Kate, who basically dragged him into rehab in series one and got him to stop drinking. He just sits and has sherry with her now. Yeah. She's not like, oh, oh, you to be having that, you know, what with your alcoholism. <laughs> he just, it's not mentioned. It's brilliant. It's like that thing in Acorn Antiques. So, something dreadful could happen to someone. There could be aliens. It's like, and then pick that up in a later episode. No, don't bother. <laughs> they won't notice. The viewers won't notice. And it, it does feel a little bit like that one just sort of fell off the edge of the desk, the yeah. planning desk. And they were like, oh, d- d- he needs to be in a pub and he needs to be drunk. So um, Ken comes in and orders himself a large G&T because Ken would never drink beer. I love that character note. No matter how macho he tries to be and what cars he drives and the leather jackets and the talk of the Algarve and flights and the best hotels, it's like there's no way that man likes the taste of beer. He could never let beer near his mouth. Brilliant. (laughs) And And Jack is really hammered. Yep. He says, ah, that's lover boy. (laughs) Lover boy. (laughs) But obviously he says that for a reason because he wants to basically get Ken to use his sexual machismo to get Jan off Jack's back. I mean, it's good good drunkard logic. No sober person would ask an ex-boyfriend of someone to go back and try and... It just, it doesn't make any sense. No, it's a bit of a reach. Uh, But he basically, yeah, he says, use your charm to get, get her off my back. I mean, it's just a way for them to have a scene together, I guess, isn't it? Anyway, so that's that. Anything else to say about the pub? I do love scenes in the pub because they have yes. to have so many extras. 
because it's a pub. It's but pubs are always busy, especially that pub. And you know, Burzeldon pubs are always full they, of sailors. They really all the time. are. The, the spinnaker, the <laughs> ship in, they, they were always really, really full. <laughs> and the actual jolly sailor, yeah, which I have um, been to, of course, you, as have you. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. So, what was the jolly sailor in terms of the kind of pub? Is, did is, you said you didn't drink there? You drank in the spinnaker. Yeah, because why jolly, didn't you drink in the jolly sailor? Jolly sailor is, is a bit of a walk away. You have to walk down some some dark country roads to get there. So it's oh yeah, okay. There's no pavement. No, remember, it's, yeah. it's more of a dry. Driver's yeah. pub, if you like. Um, but I did. Take, oh, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like an awful thing to say. Pub. It's a drunk driver's okay. pub. But I, I did take my mum and dad there uh, when they came oh. to visit, and my mum was very excited because there were signed photos of the cast all over the wall. That's right, and, and they're still there. Yeah. If you go in, there's still some little sort of like eight by tens. So, yeah. so she was very, very excited to be there. She was looking around to see if they were still there, and obviously, when they came <laughs> to visit, it was the late 1990s. So they weren't yeah. going to see Jack or Leo sitting at the bar. You obviously. don't know. They, you yeah. don't know. They might have popped back. I mean, they didn't, but, no. you know. They, they, they were clearly at Casper's that night. I know, obviously, obviously. Then we cut to, I just put, we cut to piano. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. It took, while, it took me a while to work out where it's gone. Can you describe the scene for us? Well, it is brilliant. It's, it's sort of shot from above, which is very <laughs> unusual. And Avril is playing very beautifully on the piano. And the camera yep. backs off. They, they must have had a bit of budget for some equipment, like a dolly or something. Yeah. And it backs off very yep. slowly. And the way it's shot, it looks like Charles is laying down, sprawled over the piano, just watching her <laughs> like he's half asleep. He's just staring at her while she plays the piano. It's very weird. Yeah. And then he rubs her shoulders, which obviously you always do creepily if you're playing. So if someone's playing a piano in Howard's Way, someone has to come up and like start rubbing their shoulders. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. It's so creepy. Yeah. So I, I reckon Susan Gilmore probably just can really play the piano. And they thought, mm. well, fuck it, go on then. Yeah, you know, we've, got, it, we've yeah. got the use of one for the day. She, she does play it beautifully. She, it, to me, it looks like she's really playing it. And then I just put, she speaks of war. <laughs> She's talking about, I think, Sir Edward and Charles. Mm. I love it when Howard's Way gets ideas slightly above its station and she's like playing classical piano and speaking of war. (laughs) It's like you're not in a Chekhov. But no, this is lovely. And then I just put snog. So the the scene must end on them like having a good old tongue. Well, yeah, because she sort of says to him, it's a game and you enjoy it. And he says, maybe I do. And then he eats her face. (laughs) That's it. I think you enjoy it. All this hatred. (laughs) She's definitely, she. this is her second time around with Charles. He hurt her really badly yes. the first time. And now they're back together again. And she clearly, it's just like, she can't keep away from an arsehole. Like she loves an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> Not like a real one. I was like, going to say, know, you know, she, she, like, as Ken arsehole. said, can you keep that down, please? <laughs> <laughs> clearly, this scene, even sort of saying she finds the whole mean spitefulness of Charles actually really appealing. Yep. Like she makes her want to do it with him. Then we cut to posh dinner. Polly and Gerald are having a very posh, expensive looking dinner in Liberace's front room. I <laughs> so is this Casper's? I haven't seen Casper's. Is this... I think it is. Mm. Well, in lieu of not knowing any other, they're showing them Tarrant. So it's got to be in Tarrant. Yes. I don't know of any other restaurants this posh, so it must be. But I don't remember it being that frou-frou and that kind of chandelier-y. Mm. But, you know, it's maybe they've had an upgrade or a, a, a makeover. And Gerald and Jeff obviously are talking about business while the women eat prettily their lobster thermidor or whatever it is. It does look like lobster or crab or something. Yeah, and, and um, you said Polly is sort of prodding it with a, like a skewer. She's not eating anything. She's just sort of stabbing well, Polly it does, I mean, Polly can't eat. No, you know, I don't no. imagine she eats much. She eats gin. I don't think she eats anything else. <laughs> Later on, she pours herself a glass of just like room temperature neat gin mm. in like a little sherry glass. So, you know. I think we know what she eats mostly. Gerald saying FTC is a big company, which obviously is technical business speak that was I couldn't really understand it, but I think it means that AFTC is a big company. It's a big company, company something yeah. like that. Or yeah, you've, you've done your homework. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know how seriously I take this. Absolutely. <laughs> and then Gerald says he wants Jeff in by the end of the week. And again, I think he means something to do with business. Maybe it's to do with the business part. Yeah, I, I think... I really find this stuff hard to follow. Sort of putting this together, I think that they, they mm. want AFTC to commit. So they want them to invest. They want them to buy shares in the business park. And because yes, of what exactly. Sir Edward has been doing, I think he's been trying to put them off. So they want their exactly. commitment by the end of the week. And so he gives them a list of other people who might be interested just to sort of, because, you know, yeah. to think, well, I better invest then. I think that's basically what's going on. And then he basically offers up his wife as like sexual bait for the deal by suggesting that Polly could show Jeff around and maybe even Polly suggests it first because she is desperate for a shag. That poor woman has not bounced up and down on top of someone for clearly quite a long time. What with having a gay husband? So she very eagerly offers up her services as a tour guide because he's saying, if he likes Tarrant, then that will clinch the deal and he'll move his family mm. down here and, you know, business, business, business park, business. Yep. And then Polly's basically waggling her eyebrows in a way that suggests she doesn't mean a well, tour of Tarrant. She means of her pants. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go back to the Jolly Sailor where Leo and Amanda are talking. And I, I just wrote down, you are Leo the oh, Lion. Oh, Because maybe he stood up to her dad. I Th- think. That, that is right. the least suitable nickname since Tiger Tim Henman, isn't it? <laughs> I immediately saw like a little child in a lion costume with like a cute little black nose drawn on in like eyeliner and some whiskers and kind of like a like a like a teddy bear like, like not a lion. She's sort of throwing herself at him and saying things like, "Well, we can stay over the night." And I'm effectively just pointing at her bits. And Leo's yes, just sort of yes. going, "Nah, I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> so is and honestly looking at the two of them, you think because she's not a pleasant person, Amanda. And then Francesca Gontrell plays her very well. She's like this constantly flicking her hair and just clearly relying on the fact that she's very beautiful and is spoiled by her daddy. And she, yeah, she suggests going to, there's only one thing he clearly sees in her, surely. She's very, very beautiful. But he doesn't seem to be switched on below the waist at this point at all. No. She says, let's go to the Isle of Wight and have sex effectively. Or in in her language, like, there's a flat in cows. Yeah. It's empty. Wink, wink. Yeah, she she um, says, well, you can use my dad's flat. Well, it's the company's flat, really. Nobody ever uses it. Yeah. And then she talks about the cows. Flat in cows. I yeah. Mean, heaven she's talking about the cows' balls and all this that she's talking about, which... Uh... Yeah, because it's cows' week coming up, which mm-hmm. if you're not a sailing person means, you know, that there's like all these really posh people come from everywhere and there's races and yachting, but mostly it's like getting pissed and lots yeah. of parties. Um <laughs> And he says, I haven't got a tuxedo. She's like, you'll have to borrow one or hire one or something. <laughs> but obviously that means that when they get to the Isle of Wight, they end up in, you know, very nice clothes, like a white dress. Oh, 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 and a tuxedo. Oh, yes. oh interesting. Mm. Keep that mental image. Because when Amanda's saying, oh, you know, we can stay over, nudge, nudge. Leo says to mm-hmm. her, I think they always do in drums. He says, Amanda, I... And she says, what? And of course he says, <laughs> nothing. Does that mean that... Is he trying to hint that he hasn't ever docked his ship in anyone's harbour? Maybe it is true. Like, how old is he supposed to be? In his 20s? Because bearing in mind what happens later, that, that is sort of... That's textbook, you know. Yes, <laughs> I know. If we were there to witness, well, I mean, that's quite a responsibility for yeah, us, Chris. It should be a blue plaque. That's what we, yeah. I know. But no, exactly. has, he, has he had girlfriends previously? Because I know he was friends with Abby, but it was, there were never any benefits. He always for moons the... after people, yeah. doesn't he? I think he moons after them. I'm not sure if he actually seals the deal. So who knows? Mm. Yeah, good question. I wonder if there just isn't much to choose from in Tarrant. And, you know, you could be right. I think we, this could have more significance than even I thought. So they agree they're going to go to Cow's, get 
dressed up and go to balls and stay in a flat. That means there has to be a scene on the Isle of Wight ferry. I was oh, delighted. It is an incredible we'll scene on the Isle shortly. of Wight ferry. Oh my God, it's, incredible. it's really quite, not again, not how I remember the Isle of Wight ferry, but <laughs> we move on. Okay, then we cut to Jan's house where Jan and her lovely mum, Kate, lovely Dulcie Gray, Gray, are having a chat and she's obviously vetching about the fact that Anna's done a runner. She doesn't have a designer. Yeah. And Kate is being as her usual sympathetic self. But there's a potential, it, it's kind of like in the air is the potential romance between Sir Edward and Jan. He's hot to trot, but he's like 104. <laughs> and Jan's like, mm, I do love money, but he is very, very old. <laughs> so she's kind of like in two minds about whether to go for it or not. But obviously, I think he's partially backing her business. Yes. So, and, and again, that's, yeah. where, that's where Kate says, well, you know, if you're thinking of falling in love with him, that's something you'd have to find out for yourself. I thought, mm-hmm. like, is she thinking of falling in love with him? Later on, he turns up and says, I need to take you to, to a, a restaurant. restaurant. Mm. Like, that's a, <laughs> woo, exciting. <laughs> but uh, it's like, cut to McDonald's. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> nobody but, ever uh, eats in a restaurant in Tarrant, do they? It's such yeah. a treat. I think because he's so, it's Nigel Dow, he's so, like, he's so suave that even though he's 104, <laughs> well, it is nice that a very rich, very powerful man wants to, you know, but I think all throughout this, She's flattered, but she's like, oh, my God, I don't actually want to see your old junk. Like, please don't don't take anything off. Oh, my God. <laughs> if she could speak honestly, that's what Jan would scream at him. Like, no, no, take it away. Um, but she she likes all the trappings of being taken to a nice restaurant. She misses being looked after by a man, I think. There's a little bit of her, obviously, that isn't just an independent businesswoman. She likes being treated nicely. The two, so mother and daughter kind of have a bit of a reproachment. And then obviously very quickly make up again because yeah. Yeah, they love each other. They can't be crossing each other for long. But I just put with lots of A's in the last word, Jan is trying to have it all <laughs> because she talks about being, you know, a wife and a mother. And she, did she give it up for business? And now she neglected her family. Sorry, we weren't talking about her family a minute no. ago, but I think there's an implication that her children perhaps needed her. It's like they're grown up. That's, they don't need her. That's what I thought. This is accusation that she's like this neglectful mother. And yeah, what's Leah, like 20, 21. Yeah. And Lynn's gone off to teach sailing somewhere because her Boyfriend was hit by a boat. Mm, husband. Her boyfriend, Claude. Oh, sorry, husband. husband. I apologize. They had got married, hadn't they? But yeah, so Jan is just a wrestling. She's like the physical embodiment of the 80s thing about, oh, can women have jobs as well? That's Jan's role in this. Um, obviously, she makes a lot more of it than that. And then she finishes the scene by telling her mum, I'm going to drag the mermaid yard out of the 19th century if it's the last thing I do. And you just think, oh, why? You said at, you, at the beginning of this episode, you said you weren't going to yeah. get involved. And now it's like, I'm going to design new boats and make them all have motors and be made of plastic. I don't care. <laughs> they um, will have computers <clears throat> and everything. Yes. And th- yes. Th- that's when it just ends with them both going. <laughs> Which they are the fucking best. <laughs> no one does a does an exit laugh like Dulcie Gray and Jan Harvey. Absolutely brilliant. Super. Um, then we cut back to the key where Leo and his surfboards are just sort of malingering. Yes. I don't think anyone's actually renting them. And Ken comes up sort of playing it all friendly. Now, you will remember in an earlier series, Leo was a climate change activist <laughs> and or like an environmental activist. And Ken had him beaten up by thugs. That's um, right. That's so right. Leo's not super keen on Ken. Also, there's the whole eatable thing about, you know, mm. Ken shagging his mum. And then Ken basically just wanders up and offers him a job. Well, <laughs> you he, know, he, like you do. He pays him 50 someone. quid to have a go on his boat. That which, frankly, I'd be like, stranger danger, stranger danger. Leo, no, no, no. There's some puppies on the boat, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like he, he might as well just open a bag of humbugs and say, do you want one of yeah. these? So it, Leo is too pure for this. Yeah. Is this part of Ken's plan that Jack was talking to him about before? Is this part of the uh, the Machiavellian plot to 
remove the Howards from the boatyard? Maybe. I don't know. I think he Leo must have some form with boats or rate. I mean, he's, he sailed with his dad. I don't know if he was ever a powerboat person. But anyway, no. he clearly thinks he's the right person to. And I really don't think there's any reason why that is apart from it's convenient for the plot. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he wants him to spend the morning having a go on a speedboat and he's going to give him £50, which sounds like quite a lot. This is like 1980 I mean, blur. That is that's, win-win. That's loads of money, yeah. isn't it? Ken has got it to throw about, clearly. Yeah. Um, Leo is suspicious at first, but, you know, I just felt there was a line missing about, well, I do need to rent a tuxedo for the weekend <laughs> to have sex in. Um, that would explain why he says yes to the £50. But I think actually, for once, that was subtext and I applaud them for that. So then we cut to the boatyard. Where again, close up on Tom sketching, Quite he's drawing badly. like triangles, which I think yeah. is a is a boat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I don't think they could afford a draftsperson to draw a proper boat sketch. It's just like some triangles and some wavy lines for the sea. Jan says the fatal line about doing some market research. Market research. And it's like, oh, why, yeah. why have you mm. done my? Don't, don't do that. Let's just leave it. And she, and then this is where she has the hilarious idea about doing. What about a medium-sized yeah, boat? So, so what, what so she, she, she challenges him one. to design a comfortable cruiser that gives you room to entertain. Was a first-class <laughs> performer if you wanted to race, and which you can hitch onto the back of your car. And I think, well, yeah, that's a medium-sized boat. I don't know about you, Chris, but that sounds like the dream. Like I'd buy that tomorrow, and I've got nowhere to put one. But I would. <laughs> well, I'm always <laughs> wanting to race, so I think that's such a good idea. Me too. Ideally, while I meant like putting out a three course meal, I'd like also to be racing at the same time. That's like my if I could dream a boat, that's what it would look yeah. like. Actually, that would be really cool. Yeah. So she's she wants to basically just push Tom's horizons, even though they're not together anymore. You know, she still wants the best for him. I think she thinks she's really helping. Obviously, you know, she's a businesswoman. She's full of ideas and she can't help it. She's an ideas machine. Mm-hmm. She can't switch it off. Jack's not going to um, be happy with that, though. Especially if it's, yeah, if no, it's a plastic what, do you, tub. Do you not think? No. Do you not think? No, it's going to okay. be a bloody plastic tub, isn't it? Then we cut back to the sea, which is obviously my favourite scene anywhere. Anything is set on a houseway, it's at sea. And Leo and Ken are bombing about on this speedboat that looks like basically to my eyes now like a big caravan. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, it's like it's, it's the height of technology in the 80s, but now it just looks like someone's floated a caravan. It's going quite fast, but it does look like a big old tub. And they're both trying to shout a scene over the engine noise, which is hilarious. Like, there's clearly no, like, we haven't got time to do this in ADR afterwards. Just, like, really fucking shout, OK? Because we can't hear you. This caravan makes a lot of noise when it's trying to pick up speed. And I like that, that Ken is so masculine that he won't even wear waterproofs. He's just wearing no his Michael Douglas basic instinct jumper. Yeah. No, no, he's like one of those gentlemen explorers who climb Everest in a lounge suit. That's very much the vibe here. It's like, no, these clothes will be fine. I think you'll find these clothes will be fine. I love I love his vibe. Always love that fashion comes first. And then Ken says to Leo, you know, basically, do you want to drive, little boy? He's like, oh, yes, please, yeah, mister. Serious? Like, he's paid him £50 to just basically be in a boat. It's such an odd arrangement. But anyway... And obviously they go really fast and they, and actually they do, I was really, they went way too close to that other boat. Yeah. Like they really, they take a really tight turn and they nearly hit, they buzz another boat, which it turns out obviously is occupied by Sir Edward, who's talking to John, that old retainer. The man from Del Monte. That's the one. And he's always going between Charles and Sir Edward, it's sort of like a bit of a go-between. But uh, so it's a nice handover of the scene. I liked it very much the way that was done. I thought it was very good. Uh, obviously, they're talking about business. So Ken and his um, his young friend go back off towards the, the quay. And then, yes, yeah, so Edward is on deck of this other boat. So clearly all the freer men have a fuck boat. I don't know if Edward's is 
for that purpose specifically. But he's, you know, you just have to have a boat to play of with. Of course. Um, if you're very, very rich. John can't understand, Sir John, sorry, can't understand what Sir Edward is doing to Charles over the business park. I think it's fairly obvious he's torturing he's shafting him. him. He's a vindictive old shit. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't go any deeper than that. He's just bored and, and yep. vindictive. So that's that. That just establishes a motive, I guess. And then we're back to the quayside where poor, unfortunate Jeff Silverstone <laughs> enters the spider's web or, as it's also known, meets Polly for a tour of tarot. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> um, he's looking, he's looking yeah. in a shop for a token of appreciation. Yeah, um, exactly. And she's like, oh, are you going to buy me a present? Don't tell someone you're going to buy them a present. That, yeah, you know, and, and that's not no pressure, but she says, I'm sure whatever you have, it'll be fantastic. So no pressure, Exactly. Jeff. It turns out it's not, it's not that great, no, is it? She shit. reacts like it's amazing, but it's really not that good. And very small. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, I just put down, there's some big time middle class flirting, mm. which I think is basically, that's a Princess Diana eyes, bit of eyebrow waggling, yep. looking from under sort of lashes, that kind of thing. And she says to him, your wish is my command, which sort of seems to make him understand Without her just going, here it is, and opening up her, her outfit. It's sort of like, that's the point where the penny drops. He's like, oh, it's that yeah. kind of talk. He, he gets like, the message because he, he, he literally yeah. does do a, mm, when she says it. <laughs> literally. <laughs> like the coyote with the eyes going, <laughs> like coming fully out of his head and then popping back in. Um, you know, but it establishes they're both on the same page. You think this is all going to go very well for her. She must be really happy because the rest of her life is a sexless wasteland. I was actually quite pleased for her. I was genuinely happy for her. And then we cut to the yard and lovely Emma, the kind of vaguely sort of engineeringly qualified woman. Is she the science woman? I can't remember if... That Jack was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if they've had a flirtation yet or they just are friends. I can't... Because obviously I watched this so many times and it's all out of order now, but they're either going to have a romance or they've had one. They're about to because later on she gives him a very lovely peck on the cheek and he says, I'm going to take you out for supper. And obviously that's... That's yeah, code. It's like, hello. Yeah. Like I said, I'm sorry, there's literally, if a man and a woman are in a room in this episode, they're either going to do it, have done it, or are actually doing it. So <laughs> I apologise if, if you, at the end of this, you just had to have some tea and a sit down. And then we cut to the boatyard. Emma comes in to congratulate Tom on his brilliant design for the boat because they've had the keel examined or whatever, yep. the Howard's keel. Yep. And it's proven that the vessel hit something and it wasn't Tom's design that was at fault. So mm. He's exonerated. He hugs her. But it's a very kind of, you know, it's very lingering. Oh, yeah. It's a little, it's a little mm. lingering. And I think she definitely has the hots for him. And Tom takes ages to work that stuff out. So he hasn't quite worked out that she's into him yet, I mm. think. Okay. But he's getting there. And then rather than going down the court route, which Tom assumes is now the next step, is they have to go to court and prove his innocence so they can publicly declare it. She suggests going to see the widow of the man he effectively killed <laughs> and sort of trying to get her to see sense and then maybe just I don't know get a load of reporters round yeah, to because chat you, and tell them that you'd have every newspaper man within a hundred miles clamoring <laughs> for this story I mean and speaking as a journalist yeah I'd be all over this yeah. shit like what there's a man who designed a boat that nods off in the middle of the sentence <laughs> like yeah that's such a good story because I know Jan yeah. earlier talks about getting the yachting magazines in and are there that Definitely. many are there that many yachting magazines oh my god so many have you not been to WH Smith lately so many yachting magazines <laughs> it's got its own at section at least two yeah <laughs> yeah I can, I can imagine they sell but maybe they're all like 20 pounds a copy because you know there's only so many people who are interested in or can afford yachts yes so yeah I imagine they probably just charge a lot for them but there aren't that many yeah there, 
It's not a business model, I, yeah. No. All the letters are saying, when, oh, when will there be a medium-sized boat that I can fit onto the back of my car? The, the letter <gasps> yeah, section is exactly. full of that. Yeah. You know it, mm, you know absolutely. it. She's done her market research, Chris. <laughs> so, yeah, so they think about visiting Mrs. Travers, which I think it seems by the end of the episode they're going to do. Then we cut back to the quayside where, oh, this is my favourite scene in the whole episode. So Amanda is draped over her convertible car in full nautique, like navy and white stripes. Well, they're wearing matching think, stripy gear. Yeah, I think sunglasses on head, possibly. Yes. Huge, like hoops the size oh, of the, dinner plates, yeah. like big hoops. And she literally is just like she's about to be in a Duran Duran video. She's every 80s man's dream before she starts talking, obviously. <laughs> she's mad, she's quite mad. But she's so, so beautiful. Yeah, and this is where Leo's like, ah, oh, stop pissing around. You're, I don't believe a word you're saying. You just talk box all the time. <laughs> and you think, oh God, he's seeing sense. This is amazing. This is very, especially as she looks like that, she's clearly there to say, how about it, big boy? Yeah. And he kind of briefly comes to his senses. Well, well, I almost felt sorry for her because he says, fuck the business, I've got a job. And it's clearly a joke. She says, oh, now you can keep me in the manner to which I've become accustomed, which is a joke. Yeah. And he just it's goes, he goes crazy. But then he does such a 180. She soothes the savage lion a bit <laughs> with her placatory talk. And then they still decide they're going to the ball and they're going to, he needs to get a tuxedo and blah, 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 blah. Yep. He just sort of caves in. She sort of warms him up again. She sort of says, you know, she hurt you badly, that girl. Um, oh, yes. So Abby, presumably. Yeah. And, but then she says to him, you know, he says, well, you've never been hurt, have you? And she says, well, it didn't hurt until you fell into that swimming pool. Oh. Yeah. Which obviously is how they met. Uh, he, he got pushed in. Ah, oh, yes, Did she that's push right. him in? I think yes, she pushed she did, him in. because she's crazy. He was at some rich person's party. She's fucking mental. Mm. And he knows this. He says, I'm not playing games, Amanda. I think he's trying to say he's protecting himself. He's really yes. starting to fall for, but he's protecting himself. That's why he did all of that, which sort of works. But I don't know. The emotional journey is very complicated with him. But they they agree they're going to go to the Isle of Wight and he will get a tux. And then we cut to the Jolly Sailor where this is where Jack and Kate are drinking, I think, sherry. Mm-hmm. And she's not got a word to say about that. Apparently that's fine no, now, the alcoholic okay. back on the He's cured. No yeah, and um, and she chides him for being a, both a leopard and a bear and then pig-headed as, as a mule. mule. Yeah. You're making me feel like and a bloody he's... zoo. <laughs> Which I just think was, was a charming little interchange. <laughs> not the writers firing on all cylinders, but certainly I did it. Is enjoy nice. It is nice. The, the exchanges between those two are really nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love those two. But he's basically obviously saying Jan doesn't belong in my yard and she's trying to see both sides. But obviously she's Jan's mum. Yeah. She's trying to petition for her daughter a bit there. Nice little vignette. Then we cut. Oh, God. My I'm getting God. intense. I'm getting really tired. Um, this, is, this is one I'm of the first times I've written, oh, my God, in my notes. Yes. OK. okay. Tell me your thoughts. So we go to the Urquhart's house where Jeff has just come back to Polly's house after their tour. Now the fly is in the web. The fly is in the web. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cut to. <laughs> yep. She offers him a drink. He, of course, says scotch and water, no ice, because the BBC budget yep. won't allow it. She says, you know, what, what do you think of Tarantino? He says, I think it's wonderful. And it's people. Well, <laughs> they're pretty wonderful too. <laughs> it's just like a dance, isn't it? They're just manoeuvring around one another. Yeah. And then she goes to She goes off to change into something more comfortable. Uh, or I put brackets into her true demon form. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of is true by the end of this scene. Jesus My Christ. My God, yeah. Uh, and that's where um, Jeff reveals the gift. Um, yes. Which is like a children's drawing of a shipwreck in a shiny frame. <laughs> It's really small. It's like yeah. in a box about the size of, I don't know. It's like um, a CD. Or smaller uh, than a CD, isn't it? It's Smaller tiny. than a CD. And she opens it up. There's tissue paper inside. It's clearly been wrapped very nicely. And it is. It's a really small painting for a doll's house. 
<laughs> and I think it's it must be a scene from Tarrant, but I can't remember. No. I don't remember. I should have zoomed in on it better. But it's an underwhelming, very small painting. When you look at where Polly lives with the oak panelling and the old masters on the wall. Where's she going to put She reacts that? like someone's taken her breath away. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. But it's a bit, mm, really? Yeah. I thought it was going to be some jewellery or, you know. I thought it was a He's coaster. Like clearly a bit of a... A coaster. <laughs> Do you know what it will be by the yeah. time Polly's finished with it? That's literally the best we can hope for. So she's she's very, very happy about the gift. And then I think, does she go off to change or maybe it just ends on her looking delighted? Well, I, th- I think she goes off to change and, and he sort of, he gets the, the gift out and kind of goes, ha this is brilliant. And that's where the scene <laughs> this, ends. This is going to seal the yeah, deal. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So she hasn't seen it yet. <laughs> They're really building up to this ship. It's so exciting. Over. Yeah. Then we cut to um, outside at the Jolly Sailor, which you'll know well, I'm sure. Indeed. And I have actually sat there and yep. had a half of beer. And this is, again, this is another gender switch drinks thing. I'm pretty sure Emma has a half of bitter and Tom has a glass of wine, unless I'm mis- misremembering well, yeah, that. Tom has got a drink. Because like I noticed Tom definitely hasn't got beer because his drink has got ice in it. Oh, so maybe it's, it's like a spritzer. Ice for the star. It might be a spritzer. <laughs> I think if you're a main character, you're quite right. Ice is fine. Yeah. Main characters only. Not you if you're Jeff. Jeff can't have it, no. No, but you're right. No, she's, no, she's, fuck, fuck she's drinking a beer. And then she that's is, why she I thought they an item, because the first thing that happens is she gives him this lingering peck on the cheek. Yes. And, and he's offering to yes, take I her mean, out for supper. I feel like they haven't sealed that deal mm. yet, but they, they took a shine to each other from pretty early on. And, you know, it's on the cards. Yes, but definitely. But I guess while Tom has been so preoccupied with being thought culpable of, you know, a man's manslaughter because of his dodgy boat design, that he hasn't really been in the mood to do it. Mm. But maybe now it's like, oh, I'm so relieved. I think I want to do it with you. They agree that he's going to take her to supper. And she insa- she's like, no, Tom Howard. I love it when people use both names. It's so amazing. I'm happy. No, Tom Howard, I'm going to buy you supper. And he's like, well, all right, then I'll get the champagne. He's already had champagne today. Like he's going to be absolutely hammered well, by the end of it. It wasn't fizzy and most of it ended up on the floor. Day. That is true. Mm. But he's had some. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so they cheers to that. It's a triumphant day, a day of celebration and possibly a day of something else if supper goes well. Mm. And then, yay, we cut to the Red funnel fairy. So this is like, obviously, this is before the days of drones. So is this is this a stock shot? Did the ferry company commission? Or is this like a helicopter shot of the ferry? There's, a, there's an aerial shot of the ferry. Yeah, I'm guessing it is probably library footage. But there is quite a good aerial shot of Amanda's <laughs> car going onto the ferry as well. Yes. So they must have gone into yes, so quite a high building I think, to do that. No, I think they had some kind of flying machine for the day. <laughs> I'm, th- I'm thinking like Leonardo da Vinci, like not an actual <laughs> helicopter because there was there was too little draft, but they clearly found a way to hover yeah. above the ground. And I, you know, again, very impressive. So Amanda and Leo are in full ball dress and mm-hmm. you see them driving towards the ferry and then sort of going up the stairs. And Amanda's ball gown is obviously white with sort of black detailing. And absolutely massive. So, and I've been, you, you must have been on those ferries in the 80s. They're really narrow stairs and there's all these people like queuing up behind them and she's like trying to wrestle her ball dress <laughs> up the steps. This isn't the elegant entrance perhaps that no, she was planning. No, but, but they're outfits. But it's Cow's Week. Yeah, so, oh, it is Cow's Week. Know. So they have to be dressed up. Because obviously Leo is in his white tuxedo. Um, yeah. So, so I've, I've written they are Kirk St. Moritz and a dandy highwayman. <laughs> beautiful yeah yeah (laughs) the ultimate 80s get up so presumably i didn't know this about cow's week and i'm not sure if this is the case at cow's week now i don't don't think it is but the party starts on the ferry over like there's all these sort of young things going presumably to hit the social scene in cows but you know they don't wait till they get to cows they have a disco on the ferry and what a disco it was it was nuts like it's not like any ferry i've ever been on it's a party boat there was some kind of electric music play there was people doing the boogaloo. <laughs> it, was, 
was it was a big eighties uh, jamboree. It was insane. Really good it, was, it was like going to the hacienda on that boat. It really but was. But obviously, they, yeah, no, it really it was a full on nightclub. But I don't think they had the budget to put anybody else in ball gowns. So everyone else was just sort of well, in their clothes because <laughs> they were there in their ball gowns. There were people in ordinary clothes, and there were there were two people yeah. who were, I didn't know if it was fancy dress because they seemed to be dressed like Hell's Angels dancing behind yeah. him. And again, it just looked like an Adam yeah. and the Ants video. It was very strange. <laughs> The costume designer of that scene, I think, just gave up and went, well, we can't afford to put them all in puffball dresses and <laughs> black suits. But they clearly couldn't um, really yeah. afford any proper chart music to dance to either. No. Oh, no, no, no. It, it, it sounded no. like theme music to a, like a quiz, like Turnabout or something like that. <laughs> no, it did. I reckon, I mean, knowing the versatility of Simon May, maybe they just said, have you got something yeah. in a bed we can just, you know, for the... Something with a beat. If Exactly. It's got a good beat. Put it in yeah. there. Then, oh God, clench, clench, clench. Then we're back at the Urquhart's oh. house. The outfit Polly that Polly has ready. slipped into. Well, it's like a turquoise dress with these big blue spots all over it. It's a bit yes. like Sully from Monsters, Inc. Exactly. It's massive. She's such a beautiful kind of fashion plate, slender 80s clothes horse. And I know it was the fashion there, but she, all she seems to wear is like fucking sacks, like huge, <laughs> billowing, like someone has done it, got a sail off a boat and just like made it into a, a makeshift kind of, well, a shift. Why wouldn't you wear something like she's trying to lure this guy and they put her in a billowing sack? But anyway... He doesn't seem to mind. And so I can't physically do this. So you have to describe what happens in this scene now. Well, (laughs) And I'm just going to listen. Oh, my word. Well, (laughs) Jeff gives Polly the coaster or the picture, whatever Mm -hmm, it is. mm -hmm. Um, She opens it up and she... That's not a euphemism. He gives her a real... Yeah. yeah, And when I say she opens it up, she opens the present. She doesn't open anything up at all. (laughs) At least not yet. She sees the coaster picture, whatever it may be, and and is very, very overcome. She thinks it's beautiful. So so she leans in and and gives him a a little thank you peck on the cheek. Um, On the cheek. But of course, they they do the the TV thing of she she pulls away and they look into each other's eyes. And and again, they, they just start... Eating each other's faces. It's quite violent, isn't it? Yes. But then I think I actually I can't I should have noted the act, the actor's name and I apologise to him because I actually think he plays this moment really, really well. Without saying anything, he's got to kind of go, Oh fuck no. Yeah. So go on, describe describe yeah. what happens next. So she, she's getting a little bit over enthusiastic and, and of course he yes. being a married man realizes what he's got himself into and kind of backs mm-hmm. away. Yeah. And sort of goes, No, no, no. And she says, Oh, that's all right, nobody's here. It's just us. <laughs> Like, I think he knew that. I yeah. don't think that's what he was... Yeah. I, I think he would have checked. Um, and, and so he sort of says, oh, just... I think he tells her to relax or calm down or something like that. Yes. Back off, basically. There's a change, like a, a very explicit change in his eyes where he realises that she is, like, a bit insane. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, fuck no. Actually, yeah. no, I wanted a bit of fun. You're mad. Yeah. And he just kind of says he wants to go. Yep, he he, he <laughs> makes his excuses and Unlock leaves. Unlock the door yeah. and let me out. <laughs> Unshame me from the radiator. In, yeah. He's covered in her sticky web and he can't break oh, free. Oh, dear me. No, he does. He's almost, on, I mean, he's almost panicking. He makes his excuses, leaves, the door closes and then Polly just is, well, I mean, more distraught than perhaps one might be. Well, in a similar situation. Am, am I missing something here? As, as soon as he goes out, she, she curls up on the floor and she starts screaming, please don't leave me on my own. There's a lot going on with Polly. I think she's a fundamentally lonely person. She doesn't know how to... I, I love psychoanalyzing Polly. Doesn't know how to um, emotionally connect with anyone. So she just is always going through the motions. She's obviously entered into this lavender marriage with, a, to her anyway, openly gay man. Mm. And she always had like her daughter Abby around, but kind of as someone to just be around. She, they hated each other but she doesn't want to be on her own. So this taste of company and just like not being entirely on her own 
clearly seemed to trigger some kind of, I'd say in modern terms, we'd probably say a panic attack. Yeah. Like yeah. being on her own obviously really upsets her when even even though Gerald obviously doesn't provide her any of those services, when he goes away, she gets really like panicky and really worried. I think it's a really interesting, I'm reading it with modern eyes now, but she's got problems and, you know, she fills the gap with shopping and drinking, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and all that stuff. And clearly a bit of the other if she can get it. But she's she's a fundamentally very, very depressed lonely character like she's it's bleak really so she falls to the floor and she's like don't leave me now and i think it's just and then she's furiously looking up plane times to see when gerald's yes, coming back yeah because she just she can't be on her own she's the most insecure woman in if not tarrant the world well tarrant is the so world anyway, though isn't it i mean they're, they're the same right thing too. yeah yeah then we're exactly. back on the ferry yeah, um, and back on the ferry. So Leo's doing, I, I imagine the direction he was given was dance badly because he does that typical oh my God, the I dance can't dance thing. thing where he's just, where nobody, even and, if and they can't dance. it clearly is his that. character. Yeah, yeah. His character can't dance. And that's actually, it's really good, but it is fucking cringy. It's <laughs> awful. And then among the crowd, he sees Anna. So I think we, it, they, I think they do put that actress in the shot so that you think you've seen mm. her too. But just like at, at a three quarter angle, the back of her head or whatever. And then obviously... Without thinking, he just leaves Amanda and starts following this figure across the crowded dance floor. Classic. She turns around. Not like her. somebody else. And then there's a yeah. bit I really didn't understand. He goes back to Amanda and she says, oh, who was that? And he, he says something I couldn't really catch. I think he says something like, oh, I, I thought it was my mum's designer. And then for some reason he, yes. he shouts, <laughs> I'd rather be stark naked. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Maybe it's just a reference to the fact that they're wearing clothes that he feels odd in. It's a, it's an odd leap, isn't it? It's a very mm. strange leap. I, I love that, that the idea that it's, that's my mum's designer. Like, my mum is a robot. <laughs> this woman designed her. Um, the designer, she's just, I thought that was her, but it's not my mum's designer. It's somebody else. It's such a, that's a really weird, it's my mum's designer. Uh, we have a very, very quick scene in Fashion HQ where yep. Jan's working late and Edward turns up sort of smarming about like Leslie Phillips. Then we cut to, now this was quite a jump cut, quite racy. We cut to the flattened cows, Leo and Amanda barely wearing any clothes. Well, he said he'd um, rather be stark naked. In... He did say. Well, yeah. it didn't take him long. No. So obviously negating the whole point of them being dressed for the ball, they were going to a flat where they could have gotten changed. But anyway, mm. so they're playing spin the bottle just with two people. It's <laughs> a really shit game of spin the bottle. But she kind of basically makes him take his shirt off with a spin the bottle. Then she spins the bottle again. And oh, it lands on her. But she's only wearing a bra and pants. Oh, no. And obviously all the men who've previously in their lounges ignoring how it's wear something like, oh, wait. Everyone hey, sat and forward, forward like that. But and then she's like, oh, I'll have to take off my earring. <laughs> Nuts. <laughs> but she says, my bra. And she's, it's like the funniest word in the world. She pisses herself laughing because she said the word yeah, bra. Yeah, because she's a tiny child. Yeah. Like, hee hee. It is. It's like children doing this. <laughs> Ladies' bras. But, but as, like, as I don't she's, think they no. should be having, yeah. As she's taking it off, it sort of cuts to Leo. And he's sort of sipping his yeah. champagne. And he does this he does this kind of little smirk as if to go, yeah, yeah. this is what having sex with the ladies like. Yeah. <laughs> right? I think you're right. I think it's his first time. Mm. And possibly even his first tits. So, you know, I'm happy for him. Re- really good to lose your, you know, break your duck with someone well, as utterly beautiful as... It, it uh, sets as a very high bar. It really does. Then we cut back to Polly, frantic at the Urquhart's, looking down the piece of paper that Gerald carefully let when he said yes, he was flying I'm to, to Zurich is flight to time, see... Yeah. Here are my flight times. Then she phones, I don't know, the airport oh, or whatever. This is, this is Acorn Antiques. Oh, is that the airport? Yes. Was Gerald Urquhart on the flight from Zurich? No. And she says, Gerald, where, where are, are you? you? What's happened? And she's very, very distressed. 
Then we cut back to the flat. Amanda, it's the next morning, I think. Amanda's in Leo's shirt, standing by sort of wafty white curtains. The sunlight is yes. coming through them. The ideal version of a, they've just had sex and now his perfectly ironed shirt is just all she's wearing and it's just super hot. They didn't go to the ball, Chris. I no, I, I, I gathered that, yeah. And literally, in the space of 10 seconds, we go from, well, you've had your sex or possibly your first sex. And he's kind of reclining in bed looking like, I am a man now. Yeah. Like, he looks different. <laughs> he does act that pretty well, actually. He looks like, uh, he gets it now, right, guys? He may as well be smoking a pipe. He's just, mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, bless him. And then we go from 0 to 60. She makes a joke. She's like, we could get married. And then Leo goes, oh, get off. And then, oh, okay, yeah. you're serious. Yeah, all right, go on then. Yeah, because the, the, it's completely insane. The, the old, sensible, victim mature Leo, he, he would have said no, yeah. but this is Leo the liar. No. Yeah, 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 you're right. She brought out the beast yeah. in him and now he's thinking with his, well, he's not thinking with his brain. No. And But I did put Leo's yes is the least convincing yes of all time. Because, yeah, okay. <laughs> sure. Like I said, the emotional journey could have done with a couple more days of rehearsal. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> back at the Urquhart's, it's next morning. Polly's managed to live through the night, but God knows how, probably with the help of a lot of gin. She's in her dressing gown. She opens a letter. <laughs> Poor woman, she gets so much exposition in this episode. Oh, aside yeah. from lots to get her teeth into, but then a lot of like, is that the airport? Is that the bank? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Mr. McDonald, bank manager. <laughs> so she talks to Gerald's bank manager after noticing a discrepancy in the letter from the bank. I just saw lots of cash has been taken out that totals, well, over £100,000. That can't be right, can it? There must be some and mistake. The bank manager there says, isn't. So now she de- she descends further into the pit of doom and despair and she's just saying to the air, for God's sake, help, help me. me. This, this is a nice bit of acting. There's some real tears in there. It's very good. Oh, no, she goes for yeah. it. I think I think she's great. I laugh a lot about um, How's Weird, but you never fault the acting. It must have been really hard to do. Have you, have you ever acted in anything in your life? Acting so embarrassing, like if you're not an actor. <laughs> Every time I've tried acting, I've just been so embarrassed. It's like I have nothing but admiration for when they go for it like that it's amazing oh it's very impressive so so she's having the full meltdown cut to the window of isle of white register office they do get married in (laughs) the window don't they (laughs) they get married in a shop window which i believe is customary on the isle of white nowhere else just on the isle of white so basically it's a close-up of a ring slipping onto amanda's finger and then you see through the window obviously Now it all makes sense. She's wearing a white dress. He's wearing a tuxedo. Ho, ho, ho. They're dressed for a wedding. Why not get married? And then they come outside, both looking a bit like, oh, blimey. Well, we've done that then. And he says to her, Mrs. Howard, eh? Mm. And it looks like it has just occurred to her. Oh, yeah, fuck. That's my name now. Oh, God, yeah. I dared him to do (laughs) it and he did it. Oh, my God. Just on a point of law, I don't think the Isle of Wight's like Gretna Green. I don't think their laws are different. I don't. No. Could you just get married in the 80s? Could you just turn up somewhere and go? No, that's why why Gretna Green was a thing. The Isle of Wight isn't Vegas, is what I'm trying to say here. (laughs) Um, This isn't possible unless she's planned it, gone to the Isle of Wight, posted the bands. Obviously, it just suits the, you know, the madness of her character. Well, we don't know Um, how long they've actually been in Amanda's father's flat on the Isle of Wight. Well, it's the company's flat, really. Nobody ever used it. They could have been on there for ages. We don't know. Are you saying it's like a shipwreck situation where they've just been wearing those outfits for like six yeah. months? Just putting them on, <laughs> taking them on, having sex, putting them back on. Oh, God. They so were we should really stunk. get these clean. Yeah. And they're white as well. Oh, they're white shirts. Yeah. Like nothing else. That, I think we could probably say, without spoiling too much, this is possibly not a union for life. No, <laughs> you, you might have a point there. 
anyway, they're married. Credits. Yeah. How did it feel finally getting to go back to Taryn after three long years? You know, it was great. Because <laughs> when it started this episode, yeah. I thought it was going to be dull because there was a bit of business, right? business, business. Yep. But my yep. God, how wrong I was. I know. It was just... This a... is, I'd, I'd forgotten how racy and emotionally for every character in this episode, it was there was a lot going on. It was just a boiling every single... sauce pot. It really was. Well, that's what Tarrant has become. And I thought, and if you think about it, this is before the addition of Kate O'Mara. Oh my God, this is, yeah. This is pre-O'Mara. And this is how sexy it gets. It was all, I mean, it, pretty much Dulcie Gray was the only one not dry humping something. And <laughs> that is beneath the dignity of her office. And I'm glad. But um, O'Mara comes in, obviously turns everything up to, you know, gas mark 104. Bloody hell. Shag, shag, shag. It was very racy. Um, it really was. And we're not talking about boats, Chris, now. No, no. People who like to race. Yeah. And they're all in on it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if this episode had a title, it would be for people who like to race and entertain. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've established that's everyone in Howard's way. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Childish. Now, obviously, you've heard this podcast. I have. You lived in Burseldon. You know this world. Do you, are you willing to sing as out of the end of the podcast with your own version of the Houseway theme tune. Oh, all right then. Yay! Thank you for not getting swept away by... It would have, sea would have been more poetic, but by a river. Mm. Because genuinely, this has taken three years to set up. And if you'd been killed last week, that would have been yeah. so annoying. In an aquatic tragedy, um, would have been very ironic, wouldn't it? And thank you for waiting three years to finally join me aboard the podcast. Yes, yes. aboard the podcast. Yes. And thank you, Chris, for being always there. Thank you. Pants. He wore them for the dance upon the Isle of Wight. They're rather tight. Not much for room a man aboard. At Leo's manky draws. She also can't stop laughing when she said the word Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.